Hi, welcome to the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. For months, we take time to prepare and educate ourselves on this new adventure of motherhood. But as we all know, once the baby is born, we're still left with so many questions and need all the help we can get. Women really should have a sense of empowerment as they begin to experience these life-changing moments. And no one mother has it all figured out. However, the more informed we are, the better decisions we can make that will positively affect us and our family. And that's what this podcast is about. Sharing honest, raw, and real conversations about motherhood, life, and all of the crazy, messy, beautiful in-betweens to hopefully educate, empower, and support the next mother on her motherhood journey. So sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Mamas Know Best. We got something to say podcast. I am on with a very special guest. This is Heather Yurovsky, who is the owner of Shatter and Shine Career Coaching. She is your resume expert, job offer catalyst, and career confidant. She helps driven job seekers showcase their value and shine to get hired faster and with less stress. Whether this is through resume writing, job search strategy, or interview coaching, she gives you the foundation to get that better job faster. Her unusual career path from practicing law to growing multiple successful startups to consulting with Fortune 500 companies has armed her with experience across a variety of industries, including communications, hospitality, wine and spirits, consumer packaged goods, finance, tech, and social impact and and touching all functions. As a virtual career coach and former COO, she leverages her understanding of what employers are looking for and couples that with her expansive branding, marketing, and sales experience to teach clients how to articulate their strengths and value, create a standout resume and LinkedIn profile, and apply with confidence. Ultimately, Heather's mission has been fulfilled when her client is empowered to go after their next career move and have the tools to make it happen. Heather, it is a pleasure to have you on. I wish I had something like this in my career breaks days when I was in corporate, but how are you this evening? I'm good. I'm good. And thank you so much for that intro. I'm excited to be here and, you know, it's Thanksgiving week, so I am particularly grateful for the opportunity. Yes, no, that's awesome. So before we go into a little bit of your background, and Shatter and Shine Coaching, why don't you tell my listeners a little bit more about yourself, your family, career, hobbies, anything, and then we'll get into the um, creation of Shatter and Shine. Yeah, absolutely. So as you mentioned, I'm a career coach. I specialize in helping clients articulate their strengths, stand out in the job search process, and really build confidence and the know-how to get a better job faster and with less stress. You know, as I mentioned, I'm grateful to be here, but I'm also really grateful for the opportunity to help so many clients over the years across so many different industries. Shatter and Shine has really allowed me to do what I ultimately have always wanted to do, which is make others' lives easier. I feel incredibly fortunate um, in the same theme of being thankful to have a beautiful and clever six-year-old daughter, beyond supportive and funny husband, and a loyal dog by my side. When I'm not working or in you know, full mama mode, you can find me devouring podcasts on entrepreneurship, group texting about reality TV, I am a Bravo-holic, um, or sampling a new purchase from Trader Joe's. I was just there today for lunch. Trader Joe's is just blissful 
Yeah, it's just amazing. But that's awesome. So before we go into the creation of Shatter and Shine, tell me a little bit about your background as a lawyer and what made you kind of shift from, I guess, being incorporated and, and, you know, did you work in a law firm? Like, how was that? And what made you shift into now really being a career coach and, and all of the amazing things that you're doing now to help empower women within their careers? Yeah, so I went to law school because I wanted to help people, like boiling it down, plain and simple. I thought that was going to be the way to do it. And about halfway through law school, I had the inkling that I didn't want to practice. I did get my license. I did practice. I practiced for a year. I actually practiced with my stepfather who has his solo practice. And then I also opened up my own practice so that I could help clients that couldn't necessarily afford his services confirmed being a lawyer was not the business for me. Yes, I got to help people, but I prefer to lead with kindness and transparency. And I felt like practicing law was more of a game of chess than anything. Mm, I've heard of that. It's really more of persuading, right? And knowing how to persuade the judge in which way, right? Not just, yes, the facts, but there's a suave you know there's a there's an essence to it right there is and you have to think ahead I mean really far ahead and run pretty much every scenario which oddly I really like doing that so later my career ended up in operations which is pretty much doing that but I didn't like running scenarios to then try to come up with an angle I like preferred problem solving and I felt like the practice of law especially I was doing family law clients are not necessarily looking for a solution, you know, when their emotions are really heightened and there's a lot of anger involved. Sure. Or things being juggled that I'm sure, whether it's kids or whatever it is, that could be serious topics, I'm sure. Yeah, it's really, you know, a huge weight. And the business of it is what really kind of chewed away at me or not away at me. I knew we had to charge people. It's a service that you provide, right? But I just did not like taking money to tell someone something they kind of already knew, right? Like, hey, maybe you should dial it back, think clearly, and all this would be completely different. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, so now you're like, yeah, this isn't really for me. What is that shift into then operations and then eventually creating your own business and becoming an entrepreneur yourself? Sure. So I actually had a few stops along the way. So advertising in undergrad. So I went back to relying on that degree and got a marketing job at a travel agency. And then shortly after, I went to go work in marketing at a boutique liquor company, helping them launch their second brand. In that job, I got to travel all over the United States, building sales and marketing programs. I got to hire ambassadors and team members. I worked really closely with the CEO, worked with the CFO, and learned way more than I ever expected. This is where I really harnessed my love for startups and the ability to work in all aspects of a business. So while I wasn't directly helping people, like what I had wanted to do when I went to law school, I started to realize that I was the go-to person on the team for development and mentoring. So really helping internally those other team members grow in their positions and actually ultimately find new jobs when they felt like it was their time to move on. Once we sold one of the brands, I went to work for a social impact consulting firm as their head of business. My daughter had just turned one at this point and, you know, 
that's a big shift in your life, right? Becoming a mother in that first year. So in this new role, I was, again, essentially the CEO's right hand. I helped build a team, position our services through business development, attend global conferences, lead brand name clients, mentor colleagues, you know, again, you name it, I probably did it. Uh, and eventually I became the COO. That title was a goal I had set for myself years before. I was kind of fixated on it. I'm not really sure why. I think it had to do with, you know, if I'm not going to practice law, I have to do something else that I felt like was big, right? So I realized more and more as the COO that I preferred working internally, guiding a team, helping them achieve their goals professionally and personally, kind of unlicensed therapy, which is not exactly what my job called for. So after giving 200% to two startups back to back, I was completely burnt out. And at this time, my daughter was becoming a real person. My husband barely saw me and I was starting to have honestly very sleepless nights. For the first time ever, ever, my heart was just not in my work. And it really shook me because I had always defined myself by my work. And it wasn't until I started Shatter and Shine that I was truly able to put my family first. In my mind, I thought I did before, but looking back, my actions you know, didn't reflect my intentions. So now with Shatter and Shine, I get to set healthy boundaries for myself and my client. I still get to help others, but I also get to be completely present with my daughter and husband. And it took a lot of kind of internal work on myself to get to this point. And I definitely have to remind myself regularly to pace myself, but I'm doing it. I also come from the corporate world and we have very similar alignments. My goal was always, I always said I wanted to have either a C or an O in my title. And I didn't know what the middle was going to be. C O O C M O C F O. Yep. I eventually did become vice president of finance and HR, you know, close to it, but I had burnt out, you know? So what was that like? And how long has it been? When did you really make that transition into creating Shatter and Shine? And what was the mom guilt surrounding that time? Because I know for me, I was hit with the unexpected after my son was born because very similar again to you had worked with startups and help build team again, more on the finance side of things, but also HR. And I love how you coined it, the, you know, unintentional therapist, because that's what in essence you are, you know, people coming to you, you're trying to figure this out, whatever it is. And I loved it. I love climbing the corporate ladder. I, I loved it. And then my son was born and everything changed. I unfortunately didn't have employer support. I suffered from postpartum anxiety, something I never thought was a thing. And even to this day, like I've had to let some of it go and he's four, you know? So what, talk a little bit, because this is a motherhood podcast. Did any of those things come up for you? And is there anything maybe you would have done differently looking back at it? Yes. Yes to all of that. Um, yes to the postpartum anxiety. I too was like, that's not a thing, at least not for me. And then Oling in retrospect, can I say, wow, that you know, was certainly a very special time in my life, to say the least. You kind of hit the nail on the head. Shatter and Shine was born out of complete burnout. I had worked so hard to reach that goal, and the goal no longer made sense, right? When I became a mom, it was like, it wasn't what I wanted out of a job. Was it what I was good at? Technically, yes. But was it good for my family? Was it good for me? Was it good for anyone, you know, and did I actually enjoy doing it? No. And that, that led me to uncover career coaching. And I had this moment where I saw my entire 
career trajectory culminate. I understood sales and marketing, which is half of the job search and career growth process. And then as a former hiring manager, I knew what made for a successful candidate. But really, I had to sit and reevaluate who am I? I mean, it was a complete like identity crisis. It was like, I knew what I was good at. I knew what I could do. But because that confidence for pretty much the first time in my life was shaken, I definitely felt lost. And so as I started to piece together what eventually became Shatter and Shine, it was a journey for me to say the least. But when I got to Shatter and Shine, I was like, okay, this all makes sense. It aligns with who I am, who I want to be, which is very important right now. And it allows me to help others. Isn't it a beautiful thing that we're two women here and, you know, we had the inkling to know that then of what we wanted to do differently and knowing that this doesn't feel good and knowing that our purpose or what fulfilled us was now different now that we became moms because we're like, wait a minute, this is different. So imagine like our mothers or like the generation back then, like I would love to find out from their minds, like think about that, what identity crisis did they have, I'm sure, because Becoming a mother is life-changing on whatever aspect it is. Maybe it's, not a, maybe it's not a career identity crisis or whatever, but something shifts. I don't care what anybody says. Something changes. So it's interesting. And I'm just thinking here, and again, you know, it is Thanksgiving week. I'm just being thankful for that, that we caught that on early to say, yeah, no, something's not right here. We recognize the burnout and to know and say, there's got to be a better way. And, you know, I'm sure like you, everyone tells you, oh, the baby might not sleep or, oh, do this. No one says you are going to completely, you know, have to figure out who you are in the early phases of motherhood and then keep changing that. It cannot be a stagnant, static vision for yourself. It has to keep adapting. And that it's okay to change. I think for me, I grieved my previous profession. I was everything with my career identity. That was everything. You know, reaching that title was like a big deal and having the salary that I had and everything, all of my worth, a lot of my worth was put to that. So, you know, to shift it, you know, I had to grieve, but then I also had to say, wait a minute, what am I grieving? You know, it's okay for me, like you said, to evolve and adapt to what my son now needs to where my family now needs and it's okay to do that so you know kudos to us for for taking those steps because that's it's pretty pretty amazing so let's go into shatter and shine what's the inspiration behind the company name do you just help women is it also men tell me a little bit about you know who your ideal client is and what that looks like for you sure so Shatter and Shine, you know, as I mentioned, I kind of uncovered career coaching. So the more people that I spoke with, the more I realized everyone has these perceptions of themselves, of others, of the career landscape, of the job search. And most were just stories they were telling themselves. So I wanted to be a partner to my clients to shatter those perceptions in a productive way. I didn't want to just leave pieces lying around, right? I wanted to kind of show them what else was going on around them, but then build them up. So that's where the shatter part comes from. Um, and then I have always been a cheerleader and an eternal optimist. And what better way to encourage others than to foster confidence and clarity and to make them shine and help them achieve their goals. So shatter, shine, there you go. I had this vision of it. I was so excited when I came up with it and 
yeah, I haven't looked back since. <laughs> Love it. So tell me about that idea clientele. What does that person look like who comes to you? Yeah, so I do work with women and men. I primarily work with professionals that are about eight years into their career up to 15. I do have some executive clients, but my sweet spot is right between eight and 15 years. And most of my clients have one of three problems. First, they maybe have never been a manager and they don't know how to speak about themselves to get that management position. The other kind of set of problems is that they maybe have a lot of skills and strength, but are either so burnt out that they feel like they have none. So they need that to kind of come back to the surface or they have all those skills and strengths and don't know how to talk about them in a way that makes sense for the job that they want. They feel like they don't have a clear story. And the last group of people, honestly, are the ones that have been job searching and just have had no luck. They're like, what am I doing wrong? I know something's broken. So I use the resume as the anchor for the job search process. There's a lot of legwork and upfront work that goes into the resume. But if we start with the resume, that upfront work actually becomes easier to go back and do because you understand how it layers up into your resume, as opposed to feeling like you're just doing all this exploration and not actually applying for jobs. And then after the resume, you know, we optimize LinkedIn profiles, prepare for interviews. I help with your elevator pitch so that you can network effectively and then also how to negotiate job offers. So pretty much a full gamut. Yeah. So onboarding to, so basically from the researching for the job, actively searching for that to the onboarding process and once you're there, that's awesome. So tell me, what are maybe some tips that say someone is struggling? Are there some tips that you can kind of give one to two, maybe that you're like, okay, if you're struggling to find a job, which I'm sure now, which that'll be my second question now, post COVID, we're in a very different time. So that's going to come part B. But what are some tips you would give somebody? Yeah, absolutely. So if you are just starting your job search, I would say do some homework. Don't just dive into your resume. I know it feels like the most tangible thing to get your job search started, but really take some time to evaluate what you want to do. In that, include what are you good at versus what do you actually want to do? So a lot of people get stuck in, oh, well, this is what I've done at my job. This is what I've always done, or this is what I'm good at. You don't have to do all of that. You know, I have tons of marketing clients. They're like, oh, I did social media management. Do you want to do that? No, great. Let's not put that on your resume. You have plenty of other skills to showcase because if you keep focusing on the things that you did that you don't want to do, those are the jobs that you're going to attract. God, that's such a good tip. And that's so true. But I think it's hard. And I think that's why coaches like you are great, because it is hard to kind of tap in because I think we have been conditioned to think that it's what you're good at. And that's what you go for. So post COVID, you will see a million articles on the great resignation, everybody's leaving their jobs, looking for something better or more aligned with their values and you know what they want from their career. You also see phrases like, oh, it's a candidate's market. Look, I agree with all of that, but it's the same effort that you would have to put into your job search. Think about it. If you're excited about all these new opportunities out there, there are a lot of other applicants excited about them as well. So you still have to do the hard work of figuring out what you want to do, make sure your resume and application materials very clearly speak to that and showcase, you know, why are you better than some other applicant out there? And then you've got to follow up. That part, I think, is easier today than it's ever been. 
So networking virtually now has become second nature to most of us, right? We've been forced to break the mold of meeting people in person. Everybody is online. There are more users than ever on platforms like LinkedIn. So it's now becoming much more normal to reach out to a complete stranger and say, hey, I think I've got something you might want. Sure. Then another part of that is because the market possibly could be saturated because I think with everything changing and the great resignation and all of that, do applicants have to, candidates have to kind of separate and show why you? Is it more important now to really try and distinguish why you should have this same way as a company might be like, okay, well, why should I work for your company? Because I think we're also seeing that I had a conversation, just a quick side note with someone from the chamber and they were saying, no one wants to work. No one wants to work. So I kind of put my two cents in and I'm like, well, do they not want to work or do they not want to work for you? And I put like in quotes, she was like, what do you mean? I said, you're always going to find people who don't want to work. People finagle the system and put them out the way. That's still a small percent. But there's a lot of people, myself included, who I was just tired of giving 110, 150%, 200% and really not getting anything in return. So I left. I said, so it's a different wave then. So going back to my question, and she was kind of shocked. And she was like, well, I didn't think about it like that. I'm like, yeah, I, think, I said, I think... People had to survive during COVID. And then, of course, we could take out the hospitality industry of them realizing, okay, well, if I'm not working, I got to figure out a way. So they either start creating businesses, side hustles, whatever that was like. But something shifted. And I think employees are now like, you know what? I'm not just going to settle. I need to really know what your company culture is like. I need to really know, are you as flexible as you say you are? I need to really know that you have some kind of work-life balance or whatever it is important to you. So yeah, so what has that been like with COVID and what do employees, and maybe even employers have to do to kind of distinguish themselves and separate themselves from all of these applicants or all these other kind of companies that are looking for work? Yeah, I think employees are definitely demanding a whole new level from employers, right? They want transparency, not, hey, you have to sell me on this position. <laughs> like, no, no, I really need to know what I'm getting myself into, <laughs> you know? I think employees are also getting smarter about the questions that they ask in interviews to uncover any red flags. In terms of the market being saturated, I think, yes, there are a lot of job seekers out there right now. It's always important to distinguish yourself. If you are applying to certain industries, there are absolutely way more applicants than there used to be. Because, for instance, COVID had a huge effect on tech. So many brands skyrocketed in growth. They had to hire quickly, right? And everybody wants to work for those glossy brands. So it's always important to distinguish yourself. And I think now it certainly is so that you also feel very confident when you are in that interview process to feel more in the driver's seat about asking those questions of your future potential employer. Yeah, that was very important for me. And that was one of the lessons I learned. And again, pivoted me is because you made an excellent point there. The transparency part is very key. I had realized I was so conditioned with work that when an opportunity presented itself for me after I had gotten laid off during COVID, and again, high, you know, salary, high, you know, the title, everything. And it was like, wow, and that's what I rushed towards. And I realized in the interview process, I didn't talk at all. She talked most of the time. And looking back, I don't even think she even told me about the position, but I was just so excited to kind of be on the call. And it was a woman owner. And I was like, oh gosh. And I was so 
enamored by all of that, that when I got there and I saw the reality and everything was actually a hot mess and it was nothing like she had portrayed it, I was like, oh, shoot. And I looked back and I thought about it and I reflected and I was like, I never asked or really said, well, this is what's important to me. And, you know, we just came off of COVID. How will you feel if my son's school called and I have to leave, you know? And I actually went through that and I had to walk on eggshells to call. And I remember getting anxiety and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to be 40 years old in a few years. I have worked my butt off. I'm getting anxiety to ask to leave and I have a VP position. There's something wrong here, you know? So that's so key that you said that and to anybody listening, because I also want to make it clear. I think a lot of people think, you know, you start your own business and it's great and it has been, but whew, they don't see the back end work, right? Which I'm sure you can attest to of the late nights, the grind, it, the money's on you, right? You don't have a steady income coming through. Everything changes. So I definitely don't want to put that out there. So the people, you know, there are good employers out there. There are people who are willing to put that. So that's so, I'm so happy that you touched upon that because to me, I think that's one of the most important things as the, on the other side of being an employee of making sure you're transparent and not being afraid to ask those questions. Absolutely. And, you know, I tell clients all the time, similar to the situation you found yourself in, like, Let's avoid you having to job search again in six, nine, 12 months. I actually had someone come to me once she received a job offer and she was completely stuck on what to do. And I went through, you know, why don't you want this? Why do you want this? And it turned out it didn't match anything that she wanted to do. The salary wasn't there. The exact function of the role wasn't quite spot on with you know, where she wanted to take her career. I think the size of the company was also something that she knew wasn't a fit for her. And I really challenged her, like, why are you having trouble saying no to this offer? You haven't sold me on it. So <laughs> what's going on? And ultimately, she was just excited that she had gotten an interview with this company that on paper, everything looked to match. But as she went through the interview process, you know, more layers of the onion peeled back to reveal that it was, like you said, a hot mess inside. Right. The smoke and mirrors aspect of it. And I realized for a lot of my career, I had worked for employers like that. I had never really been affected per se, because I don't know, I ended up in roles that I either helped the company and built the team. So I had control there and I was, I guess, in that 1% that unfortunately I didn't affect that. But again, after having my son and going through a couple of jobs, I realized I'm like, oh gosh, there's a whole nother set of things out here where they're smoke and mirrors. And these, you know, employers are really portraying something that ultimately they're not. And I think that's another good point because to what you're saying is like, do you really want to go through this process again, three to six months when you probably will be unhappy? Let's have the difficult conversation now, right? Let's have it up front. Let's lay it all out on the table and then go from there. Yeah. And I'm a big believer that, you know, something better is going to come along. Now, look, Financially, if you are not in the position to turn down a job, I get it. This is a different conversation. But if you have the ability to wait another month or two months for the right job, I mean, it will pay dividends once you get there. A hundred percent. Okay. So I know you mentioned this with your mission, but really, truly, how do you hope to impact your community on different levels, you know, whether it's your Instagram community, your your actual clients, what does that look like for you? What is the ultimate change that you're you're looking to see out there? So I think of my impact really at the individual level. So that one-on-one -on -one coaching that I do right now, 
allows my clients to go be better for their community. It allows them to make a greater impact within their family, within you know the team that they work with, or in their full community. I really do try to do what I can beyond that one-on-one to give free guidance to anyone and everyone that needs it. Because if I can't help you, you know, at least maybe some quick feedback or some thoughts will help you go get done what you need to do. Sometimes it's just another set of eyes on a resume or specific recommendations, you know, that can jumpstart somebody's search. So I actually have a spot on my website where you can go and you can upload your resume with a note about the jobs that you're interested in and any specific questions that you might have. And I'll answer you 48 hours or less. You will have my two cents on your resume, some actionable you know, feedback. And that's what I try to do to make that impact. I love it. And I know you touch base on the things that you do within Chatter and Shine. Are there any other specific programs or services that you provide? Like, is there anything else that you provide for your clients that you want to mention here other than, you know, them being able to see it when they go, when I direct them to your website? Uh, no, I think we covered everything. I mean, I really do a soup to nuts job search strategy. Focus truly, though, is on the resume. And then that bleeds into optimizing LinkedIn profiles really crafting your elevator pitch for networking and then preparing for interviews. So what's next for Shatter and Shine? (laughs) I'm so glad you asked. Super, super excited. So I have been taking stock in what I've been doing and realizing that I do want to help more and more people. And I am only one person. I only have so many hours of the day. I'm actually very strict about cutting off my day for when I go pick my daughter up from school and not working on the weekends because I'm not going to fall into, you know, bad habits again. So with that, early next year, I'll be launching an online program to allow me to continue to teach job seekers how to get a better job faster. And it will be starting with a self-paced resume boot camp. So I'm still here to work one-on-one with clients. Even if they do the self-paced boot camp, I do offer additional one-on-one support, but it will allow people, you know, to work at their own pace, work on the weekends on their resume if they want to, and get more people better jobs. Awesome. <laughs> How can people find you? Where do people find you most? Do you have Facebook groups? Is it Instagram? What does that look like? Yeah. So I live on Instagram and LinkedIn. So my Instagram is at Shatter and Shine. And then LinkedIn, I actually mostly operate under my personal profile. So it's Heather Dash Yurofsky. Check the show notes for the spelling. <laughs> I'm not going to expect anyone to write it down. <laughs> Okay, awesome. So now that we're kind of touched with everything with Shatter and Shine, why don't we go into a little bit about Heather? I love how you you said that, that you have, it sounds like you already have some good healthy boundaries, which I am learning now that I am a business owner and not taking my past habits into my new business. So what do you do to relax and unwind for the day? And what does your workday look like for you? So I feel like the first question is a trick question. I'm not sure I ever relax or unwind, but I will say at the end of every day, I really enjoy something sweet. So I always have some sort of dessert type item as I am, you know, getting ready for bed and winding down. What does my work day look like? So in the morning, I wake up, you know, have to get my daughter ready for school. I will check my phone, but I will not check my email. So until I officially sit down to do work, I off email, 
again, those boundaries that I learned to set that keeps my mind from going about all the things I have to do that day and allows me to stay completely present. After I send my daughter off to school, I take my dog to the park. We go on a mile long walk, both get some fresh air. I'm pretty much always listening to a podcast on that walk and then come home, have some breakfast. Then I sit down at my computer and really officially start my day. Awesome. What time does that look like? Nine until whatever time that is until what time do you stop? So also feels like a trick question now, but no. So in the mornings, I'm typically sitting down by 830. So everybody gets out of the door that early because I end my day pretty early. So a couple of days a week, I work until 415. The other three days a week, I work until 230-ish. So my daughter's school day ends. I pick her up. She does some activities after school that either... I take her to and have to be with her or I get a little alone time in the car, which I definitely enjoy <laughs> 45 minutes to myself. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. So why don't we go into our quick get to know. What is your favorite book? One of my favorite books is Give and Take by organizational psychologist Adam Grant. So it's a big believer in really, you know, what you put out there eventually comes back to you. But you've got to do it wholeheartedly with no expectation that anything is going to come to you in return. I love it. What's a favorite movie of yours or a current show you're binge watching? So I did mention that I love reality TV. So I'm pretty much always binging on a Real Housewives season or something from the Bachelor franchise. Yeah. What <laughs> is the favorite item in your home? Oh, gosh. So my favorite item in my home is this photo that I took from my hospital bed after giving birth to my daughter. And it's of my husband looking at this tiny little baby in complete awe. And the sunlight is shining like perfectly through the blinds. And I don't know, I remember the moment very vividly. And then that picture, you know, just captures it so perfectly. Yeah, that's awesome. Who makes up your village? Who doesn't make up my village? No, my husband, my daughter, my parents, I mean, my best friends, pretty much everyone I've met along the way. I'm not shy to bring people into my world and let them know that I'm here for them, but that I will also likely lean on them at some point. That's awesome. If you could travel anywhere in the world right now, where would it be? Norway, for sure. I am dying to see the Northern Lights. They've been on my bucket list for a long time. I just feel like there's something magical about them. Yeah, no, they look beautiful. And maybe putting it out there, maybe um, 2022, 2023. What has motherhood taught you? I cannot control anything. And that is completely okay. Once I accepted that, everything for me changed and became so much easier. That's a big one, I think. Yeah, we can probably touch on a whole nother base of that. I think as moms, we that should be in parenting 101, right? And with the birthing classes and everything, it's like, look, FYI, we're going to stop right now and just put on the big board, like, you're not going to be able to control everything. And that's okay. There's another piece of advice that someone said they got. And I was like, oh, I wish I heard that. And it was like, your partner's not going to do everything like you. And that's okay. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. Because I know a lot of relationships struggle in the beginning, you know, you don't know what you're going to be like as a parent. So we both have kind of expectations, especially I think as moms, of it should be this way, this way. And the woman who said that, she said that changed everything for her because when it happened, she was like, oh, 
this is what she means. And she kind of sat there and she was like, it's okay. He's not doing it that way, but it's okay. I love that. So any other final thoughts to the podcast world? Put your little sparkle out there, your little shine out there. Oh, there we go. If you are in a season of evaluating what you're all about and where you want to go professionally, know that I'm here for you. I'm ready to cheer you on and you can absolutely do it. Love it. Well, Heather, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, for dropping some gems. I'm sure my listeners will definitely get some value from that. So thank you. Thank you very much. And continued blessings to you for Love and Light with Shatter and Shine. For you too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me this week on the Mamas Know Best, We Got Something to Say podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by our sponsor, NGC Consulting, where you can find them at NicoleGConsulting.com. For more motherhood resources, check out TheMotherhoodVillage.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show so you'll never miss an episode. And if you found value in this episode, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or recommendation to a friend works too. And join us next time for another amazing conversation. Continued blessings to you all for love and light.